the third win against the top ten, and the Orange had them all the way. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into your heart. They didn't look into my heart. Three for the win battle. Bang! Boom! As the Orange do it again, the cardiac juice comes through on the road one more time. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Thursday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Dunn Tire. Phone lines open this entire first hour. We want to hear from you on SU Basketball, 315-437-7644. We do have our good friend Danny Shea set to join us at the top of hour number two. And I did spend uh, part of the morning over at the Mellow Center, sat down with Jerry McNamara for the television version of Orange Nation, so we uh, could potentially play back some of those comments in hour number two as well. But we want to hear from you on this effort last night that we saw inside the Dome. And, And apparently, Seth... Eight days off. It's just what the doctor ordered to kickstart this offense because we saw an offensive outburst last night, 47 points in the first half, a season high by seven. The previous high was 40. 60% from the field in this game. Syracuse shot the ball extremely well. The previous high was against Colgate at about 52%. We saw balance. We saw five guys in double figures for the first time since November. So much to like. Even just going down the individual efforts, the way that Merrick Dolajai came in off the bench and, and filled in for an injured Matthew Moyer and stepped up. Pascal Chuku continues to play well. The first half, we saw O'Shea Brissett go off, scored 10 points in a row. Then Frank Howard gets it going. Tyus Battle takes over at times in the second half. So much to like about this effort last night. Where do you want to begin? I think that was the best half of basketball they've played this year, right? Like all around. Um, and it wasn't necessarily the best offensive half because you had that 55, 53, 55-point half uh, at Florida State, so it might not have been the best offensive half, you know, strictly, but I think it was the best half of basketball that they've played because, you know what, they didn't allow 45 points. Um, and, you know, they they allowed 37 points in the first half, and, and you know, that's a bit high, uh, but a lot of that came in the first five minutes, and then the defense really tightened up and really clamped down I thought that Syracuse played incredibly well in the first half. I thought they played a phenomenal first half. I think it was the best first half they've played all year. Um, they didn't get much out of Chukwu in the first half. They didn't get much out of Dolajai in the first half. Ty's battle was even a little bit slow to get going at the beginning of that game. But battle, but Brissett and Howard carried them through the first 20 minutes. And uh, you know what? They overcame the injury. Marek Dolzhai came in, and he played really good defense, and he rebounded, and he was doing all the things he does uh, on a regular basis. And then the, the the page turns to the second half, and Ty's battle comes alive and scores 15 points, and Marek Dolzhai starts scoring, and Pascal Chukwu starts scoring. Uh, that was a really good game that the Orange played last night. Yeah, I'll take it one step further. You said the best half that they've played, from an offensive perspective anyway, that was the best full 40 minutes that they played. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, they had that offensive yes. outburst in the second half down in Florida State, but but from start to finish, that was the best offensive game that they have played. And that's one of the things I, I touched on with Jerry McNamara today. I said, what changed? I mean, you know, jokingly said, you know, you guys were going to spend all last week working on the offense. Whatever you did, it, it was working. And he said it actually started before the Pittsburgh game. It's just that they didn't really have a chance to to put what they practiced into the game because Pitt played them zone. Last night, BC played a lot of man-to-man, and that allowed them to work on the things that they had been doing in practice, do it in a game situation. 
And those things worked. And everybody got going. You saw your big three all play well. I mean, Tyus Battle and Frank Howard, they combined for 42 points. They each only took 14 shots. I mean, it's a very efficient effort. And O'Shea Brissett went on that little mini run by himself in the first half, scored 10 straight points for Syracuse. And after they fall down 14-7 to because, you know, BC was – was lights out for the first five or six minutes going four for four from three-point range. They fall down by seven. And in the blink of of an eye, SU's back in front. Bursett puts him in front during that 10-point run of his own. And then Howard gets it going. Tyus Battle gets it going. How about Frank Howard, by the way? 18 points, and you can't overlook that. I mean, he was good, especially in the first half. Had 16 before the break. Finished with 18. Six assists, no turnovers. Fantastic. I can get behind that Frank Howard. You know that I'm yes. a, a Frank Howard guy. I think that that he's going to continue to develop and, and continue to get better and better. And, and yeah, you got to live through some of the growing pains. This is his first year running the team. I really like that effort last night out of Frank Howard. And if they could get that on a regular basis... You know, and forget the five guys in double figures. I, I get that you're not going to have five guys in double figures night in and night out. But if you get that Frank Howard on a regular basis, this team is going to win some games going down the stretch here. Yeah, this team will win more often than not if you get that Frank Howard. And I thought the interesting thing was Howard and Do- and Brissett didn't score in the second half, right? They scored, what, three combined points, one combined point. Uh, they, they didn't score in the second half. And that was fine because Dolajai stepped up, Chukwu stepped up, Battle had 15 points in the second half. But Howard was getting the ball to guys in position to to let them make a play, right? The lob to to Chukwu, getting getting the ball to Tyus. Uh, like I, I thought that he played a really good second half, even though he wasn't scoring. He saw, hey, these guys are like, let's give the ball to them and let them do some stuff. Um, I thought it was a really good game all around. Um, you know, the the shooting percentage is, is incredible. They shot sixty percent from the field. Uh, they were 5 of 9 from 3 in the first half. This isn't a very good three-point shooting team, and they were up over 50% in the first half from beyond the three-point arc. Like, I think everything just went right. Like, you saw what could happen with this team when everything goes right. And you look at the final numbers, 60% from the field, you're probably not going to do that too often. 44% from three, probably not going to do that all that often. Um, but you see a potential for what this team could do, right? Like you see, you see what full capacity of this offense is. Yes, and you're right. You're not going to see sixty percent all that much. It's the first time we've seen sixty percent all season long. Again, the the previous season high was against Colgate at about fifty two, fifty three percent. The thing that I was encouraged by, Seth. Of course, they made shots, but the shots that they got, they got you know what we call good looks, right? They got quality shots. This wasn't late in the shot clock and Tyus Battle's got to jack up a three with, you know, four seconds left on the shot clock. This would, they, they seem to be moving better. They seem to be getting open looks. And yes, they were making those open shots. It's not going to happen every night. But if you can get open shots on a regular basis, to me, that's what I was encouraged by. And, and the scoring was great and the 60-plus percent shooting from the field was great and the five guys in double figures, all that was great. They just looked better. They there was more of yes. a flow. They were moving. They were finding each other. They were getting open shots. And and to me, that is a a really good sign. Well, it's funny because you say that, and I I thought that in the second half. I thought the ball was moving well, and I thought there was more flow, and I thought there was more uh more there offensively in the second half as far as the ball movement. In the first half, I I didn't necessarily get that feeling right off the bat. I was like, oh okay, this is kind of same old, same old. But they're making the shots. Right, like 
they're, they're still kind of standing around. There's a lot of dribbling, and they're settling for long jumpers. But instead of them clanking out, they're just all going in. Well, and, and I think that's said, the most amazing part. They, they shot 65% from the field in the first half. Like, I, I don't mean to diminish this as, wow, things look better when you make shots. But... Like, I think that was part of it in the first half, You right? say settling for long jumpers, though, and I, I will say this. Is it settling if they're open? Because that no. was the thing that I noticed last they night. They were not. Was that while in previous games, a lot of those settling for long jumpers, it was late in the shot clock. It was out of desperation. Somebody had to pull up. Somebody had to make a play. Somebody went one-on-one and you know pulled up from 17 feet with a hand in the face. Last night, first half and second half, the jump shots, by and large, that they took, Seth, were open. I mean, Frank Howard was taking open jump shots. Yes, he was making them. And, and you know, 64% in the first half, you're not going to do that very often. But those were open shots. And t- that's the part that I was encouraged by, that this wasn't, you know, an amazing offensive event. You know, guys just making shots, we're not going to see that again. If you can get open looks, these are Division right. One college basketball players. Frank Howard, O'Shea, Brissett, Ty's battle, they're going to make a majority of their open looks. Last night they got a lot of open looks and they knocked them down. Yes, they did. They got a lot of open looks. So maybe they knocked that's down. maybe that's bad job by BC on right. defense. Maybe it's right. good that's... job by SU on offense. I, I don't. It, you know, maybe it's a combination of the two. But last night there was a noticeable change, at least for me. And and it, yes, it was movement. Number two, though, it was they weren't settling for going one on one and taking a bad shot. They were finding a better shot, and and that is why I think I was encouraged. Yeah, I think that most of the time when they were shooting, they were taking good open looks. And that look, that'll help. Um, the second half, again, I thought the, the ball movement was great in the second half. I, I think that they really did move the ball around. And I think you saw that. And I think that was why Pascal Chukwu, Merrick Dolashai specifically benefited and, and had such great second halves and had such great games, right? It's because the ball was moving around. They were being left alone. Tyus Battle dumps one off to Pascal for a right uh, a right hand uh, hammer uh, dunk, you know, Dolajai is getting the ball in, in space where he can do something with it. He's able to make a move to the basket. Like, I, I think that was a huge key to the second half was the ball movement. First half, I think it was just guys making shots. And, and sure, there was some ball movement, and there was probably some bad defense by Boston College. First half, I, I attributed to great shot making, right? You were, you were open. O'Shea hit a couple step backs. Uh, you know, Tyus hit a step back or two. You were making the shots that you were you were able to get right in the second half. It seemed like they were creating a little bit better for those other guys. And I think that some confidence has been restored in the play of Merrick Dolajai. Matthew Moyer goes out with what's been called a sprained ankle. Uh, Jim Beheim didn't have much of an update after the game on his status. I did ask Jerry today. Again, still no update there. Uh, early on in the process, he'll probably have an MRI. They'll just make sure that there's nothing else there. But at this point, it seems like it's just a sprain, uh, which is good news, and, and you hope that that's all it is. But Merrick comes in, plays 35 minutes, scores a career-high 12 points, chips in with eight rebounds. And again, some confidence, I think, restored in in his play that he tends to struggle when teams are physical with him. They gave him a little bit of, of room to operate last night. And, and BC's not all that big to begin with. And, and Merrick took advantage, to his credit, and, and he played very well. Don't you think he could do that against Saturday? And I, I know we I said that. I know we said that going into the Pitt game last week. Like, oh, this is a great opportunity. He, he, he did play fairly well and, against yeah, Pitt, and he played he played better uh, than he had been recently. But I, I think that you look at what he did last night, and uh, you know, is he going to go twelve and eight? Probably not. But there's no reason why you can't play well again on Saturday. 
Um, and look, then you put together two really good games in a row, maybe a third if you want to count Pitt last week. Uh, you know, and and maybe confidence is restored. And and I look at him. We talk about him a lot in the non-conference. Uh, we thought he needed to put on weight, but I, I I know that I at least I liked the fundamentals, right? Like I liked the the frame. I liked what was there. I, again, you you kind of saw the potential last night uh, of what he could be. Should he add it? Could he add a jumper? Of course he could, right? He, he made a jumper last he did, night. He did, but he, you know, you want him to be a threat from probably a little bit further out, a three-point threat. Yeah, sure. Like, I understand that. But you saw smart passes. You saw diving on the floor. You saw rebounds. You saw running after loose balls. And, oh, he could drive, and he could finish, and he hit his free throws, and he hit that foul line jumper. Like, I, I think, it, look, it's not going to be this year, but I think he's going to be a really good player. He got back to doing what he was doing during the non-conference schedule, and he had struggled once ACC play had started. Uh, no doubt about that. Last night, they needed him. Moyer goes out early, was not coming back. They went with the five guys on the floor. We did not see Barama Sidibe. We did not see Howard Washington until the very end. And I, I think that's a case, you know, Sidibe by all accounts, is getting better, feeling better, and and ready to play. Howard Washington, we know when they need him, they put him in the game. I think last night was just a case, Seth, where the five guys on the floor were playing so well, you didn't want to take them out. You didn't want to mess up the rhythm. I mean, the guard playing great. So why would you put Howard Washington in the game? Because Battle and Howard, I mean, that might have been the best game Frank Howard's played all season. Maybe the best game he's played of his career. I think so. I mean, is is that am I overstating it? No. That might have been his best game in an SU uniform. Ty's battle was fantastic. Scored, you know, his 24 points on 14 shots. You're not going to take either of those guys out of the game you unless taking, you have to. You weren't taking O'Shea or Merrick uh, out. Or Pascal or for Pascal. that matter. Right. So, I mean, things were rolling. I mean, when you're making 60% of your shots, whatever the reason, whether it's, you know, making shots, if it's ball movement, if it's poor defense by the other, whatever the case may be, they had it rolling last night. That was supposed to be a close game, and they kept him, you know, it was a double-digit deficit for BC much of the second half. So I don't think it's necessarily an indictment on Howard Washington or, or the health of Barama Sidibe. I think it's just a case of those five guys were playing so well. You know, why would you insert a sub into the game and, and mess up the mojo? They had it going last night. No, you know, oh, if, it, yeah, if no. it ain't broke, don't fix no, it, as that, they say. That was exactly the the thought that popped into my mind. I, I didn't even think for a second that they, they they needed to substitute anybody out, and I I know that Jim uh, was asked about it after the game. He you know was asked uh, kind of like how how would a rotation change if Matt were to miss time, um, and he said oh we'll play more three guard lineup probably we'll we'll uh, you know we'll we'll try and do that a little bit more, um, but they didn't need it last night, and and he even said he was like we would have done it tonight, but you know we we didn't have to you know we we just didn't need to do that. Uh, you know, the, the guys that were on the floor were playing so well. And like you said, why ruin a good thing? You know, why why ruin something uh, that, that was going so well that got you, you know, at times a 20-something point lead? There's no reason to mess with that. 315-437-7644. Phone lines open this entire first hour. We want to hear from you. Um, I, I know the topic of whether or not this is an NCAA tournament team, that continues to come up, you know, day in and day out, week in and week out. We can uh, discuss that a little bit in our, our confidence level in this team. Yes, Seth? I've got a question for you. We talked about last week, and uh, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, and I said, is 35 points asking too much? And and a half asking too much. And the general thought was yes, right? Like even You want to revisit it, this? No, 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 no. Okay. I, not, not that specifically. But 
Last night in the second half, they scored 37 points. I thought they were good in the second half. 34. 34. It's 47 in the first, 34 in the second. 34. I thought they were good. They could have been better from three. They're probably not going to shoot 55 from the field, so they'll be a little worse from the field. Is the second half of last night's game repeatable? Like he's... Like the first half's not right. Like the first half was insane. They shot sixty five percent, and they and they were phenomenal. Still shot fifty five percent. The no, that would have been a season I, high if that oh, was the abs- whole game. Absolutely, but it is the second half somewhat repeatable that we could see that again. And if that is, that's enough to win you a lot of games. Absolutely. I mean, it, it would have won last night. Yes. If they played two halves like the second half, they win last night. No doubt. No, no doubt. And you play like you did last night, and, and yeah, even if it's just the second half, you play like that over the course of the entire game, you're going to beat a lot of teams. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, they shot 55% from the field in the second half, over 60 for the game. We could chew on that a little bit. Let's take our first time out, 315-437-7644. Back after this on ESPN Radio. Live from the DBOffers.com, powered by Drivers Village Studio. This is ESPN Radio. 97.7 FM, Syracuse. And 100.1 FM, Oswego. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Uh, I think that, that makes us dangerous. You know, I think we can get... The contributions from everyone, you know, and uh, and Pascal had a great game. Iraq, you know, I think Matt would have did the same thing. You know, he's been looking really good in practice. So, you know, we want to keep keep pushing. You know, uh, don't want to get too high on our highs or too low on our lows. That was Frank Howard after last night's win, talking about the balance that we saw on display last night. Five guys in double figures for the Orange. First time that Syracuse has done that. Since November 18th against Texas Southern, they put five guys in double figures on Boston that Boston College is a little better. Uh, Geno Thorpe was one of the guys in double figures that night. Barama Sidibe in double figures that night as well. They did a little differently. Uh, really only played five guys. Moyer got hurt early on, and Jim Beheim rode the five on the floor. They were playing so well. Uh, didn't want to mix it up, and uh, I think you can understand that. But if, if you can see that balance, Seth, moving forward... You're not going to see five guys in double figures no. on a regular basis. But if you can get more balance, you can get your big three and get contributions from Chuku and somebody else, whether it's Moyer or Dolajai throwing in a half a dozen points here or there. Again, that does, Frank's right, that makes this team that much more dangerous. Yeah, you know, you said throwing in a half a dozen points. You know, Pascal Chuku has now scored eight points or more in six of the last eight games. You know, why, why can't we expect that out of him now? You know, like, I, I don't think it's unfair to say, okay, eight. Right? Like, I, I think that's reasonable. He's averaging then, a double-double in the last four yeah, games. He's he's been great as of late, and, and I think that that's now not an unreasonable thing to say. It's, oh, okay, he can go and, and give you eight points on a nightly basis. You know, Merrick Dolzhai looked really good last night and, and uh, made his first basket of 2018. He hadn't made a basket since New Year's Eve. Uh, you know, in, in ACC play, and, and he looked really good. Is he going to go for 12? No, probably not. Is he going to go for six every game? Probably not. Uh, but if that position can go for eight or ten, right, Moyer and Dolezal combined, if they can go for eight or ten, you take that. Oh, and, absolutely. And it's, and it's just more balance and another option and, uh, you know, less attention that can be paid to probably not Ty's battle, but maybe less attention that can be paid to O'Shea Brissett, and he gets another open three. 
you know, it, it's just all about getting more open looks. you got to keep the defense honest. I mean, we saw that against Florida State, especially after yeah. Frank Howard fouled out. I mean, Ty's battle was going one-on-three because he had to. There were no other options. Last night there were options, and everybody played well. Let's go to the phone lines, 315-437-7644. Tom and Cato is kicking us off today on Orange Nation. Hey, Tom. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. How about yourself? Good. Um, you know, one of you guys mentioned earlier about Dolajai, you know, being able to shoot from three-point range or, you know, getting better and doing, be able to do that. You know, I, I, I really disagree. You know, the one shot he made last night from the center of the zone, if he could have done that all year, you know how many more games we would have won with people playing zone against us? If him and um, – yeah, I just went brain dead – um, Moyer, Moyer, were, were able to make that shot all year. We, I, I, we would have won at least three more games with the people playing zone against us. I believe. Yeah, but that's that's only that's the first one I think I've seen all year from that position. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a an important shot, especially when you don't have three point shooters and teams can go zone on you. I mean that—that's the position that we've seen Syracuse get killed from in the zone for how many years? Yeah, right? I mean, you put a guy—you put a guy in the in the high post who can shoot from there, pass from there, and drive from there, and that kills you. And and Merrick Dolzhai last night was driving from there, was passing from there, and knocked down a jumper from there. And we saw flashes of that against Pittsburgh. Pitt did zone Syracuse. Merrick was there in the high post and and did some nice things in in terms of ball movement and whatnot. And and last night he took that to the next level and. Got to the basket, made a couple of, of buckets that way, and then and then did hit the jumper. Yeah, I, I agree with Tom in that they don't need him to shoot threes. They no. certainly don't need Moyer to shoot threes. And maybe that aspect of his game develops in the next couple of years. That's what I meant when I said okay. it. I meant it develops next year, the year yeah, after the year. You don't after, need not that this out, year. Yeah, no. you don't need that out of him now. You need him to be a threat. Right and and he was a threat last night. Yes. Um. And he goes four for four from the field. He's not going to do that every night. He hit a jumper. He's not going to do that every night. But if you if you keep the defense honest and force them to play you, if he can show that he can at least hit that shot, keeps the defense honest, helps with ball movement. How many times did we say it last year with Tyler Roberson? If he could only hit that fifteen footer, think about what that would do for his game and what it would do for the rest of the team. Now, SU. You know, was good on offense last year. They had more options, more weapons. They didn't necessarily need Tyler Roberson to hit the 15-footer, but it really opens things up, especially against a zone, if you can make that shot. And Merrick made the one jumper that he took last night. Let's get another phone call in. Uh, Scooter in Jamesville next up on Orange Nation. Hey, Scooter. Hey, guys. I always said in basketball, shooting cures all ills. And basically, like I said, you shoot 65%. You don't, you know, then, then there's the way about the rebounding. And, and if you score 47 points, just any type of defense is going to keep in the game. I know you got Danny on, on later, and, there's, and I think we should clear up some stuff and ask Danny because Danny Danny played under Coach Beheim when they went 90, 90 feet in press, and they didn't have a deep bench, and they, they fast break at every opportunity they could. Ask him he ever got tired, or players on that team got tired. And remember, this is the year without the TV timeouts. He had three timeouts each half. If he, if he were on TV, that supersided the TV timeout. He took a timeout. And after the after games were on TV, and I just wonder because we keep hearing. I think the I think we're still against quality good teams. We're going to have to either go up tempo or press, especially the Duke game. The Duke game is going to be very interesting. How Syracuse plays that game because because you know Duke's going to go ninety feet, and if they if they're going to be scoring seventy or eighty points, they got an inside outside presence, which you know usually usually hurts his own. 
that we're going to have to decide if we're going to go go with them. And I, I just I just think the the, the the tiredness is overrated. I you know I played in a zone. I played in a, in a, in a full court press, and I think Danny had the same coach, Joe Miller, when he was freshman in high school. And that was and that was the point guy on the press. I I got the guy on the inbounds, and we just went the full full game press, and, and I, nobody got tired. I just think you know now in, now in college when you got all these great athletes and all these TV timeouts, I just can't believe you you impressed because you're. Hey, Scooter, hang on the line with us here for a yep. second. What do you think is the bigger reason, though? Do you think it's it's that Syracuse might get tired and that they don't have a deep bench, or do you think that the the number one reason why they don't press more is that what is what does the press do? It speeds up the game, it increases possessions, and generally it increases scoring. And while you may create some turnovers, you're also going to give up some easy baskets. Let's face it. I mean, that's what right. the press does. You're going to give it's a trade off. You're going to give up some easy baskets. You're going to get some turnovers. Do you think this SU team is good enough offensively to give up easy baskets and then, you know, as a result, have to score more to win the game? I, that's the thing that that I think concerns me even more than the bench not being deep. Is that is it realistic? As Seth and I have been talking in recent weeks, is it realistic for this team to have to score seventy five points on a regular basis to win a game? I I, I don't know against the better teams. I think that's going to be tough for this team to do. Well, the thing is, if you were if you were driving team, you want the defense to be unsettled. I want them in an open court. I want them. I want them getting the rebound and going and driving. You know, how many how many times the Howard on a fast break has driven and gotten a three point play the, the old fashioned way? Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're going to be a driving team, I don't want the defense settled. If you go back to the Florida State game, that game changed in the wink of an eye. I mean, it was being down ten, almost even up six. Why? Up tempo. The Georgetown game, we were dead dead meat. In the rights, we pressed. We went overtime and pressed. I mean, to me, against quality teams that can shoot outside shots, and we have to we have to rely on the two pointer. The easiest way is just get down there and beat the defense down there and and drive. And if it's if it's a if it's a full court game where you're 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 in open court and you're driving, you're slashing. That's a, you know that's that's to me what I think this team is a slashing team. So when, they, when they can slash, I think it's easier in an open court. So, Scooter, you're more of a proponent of up-tempo, not necessarily yeah. the press, but just picking up the tempo exactly. a little bit. Pick okay, up the tempo, and that's one way of doing it. All right. I mean, it, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But ask Danny if those teams ever got tired pressing, you know, pressing 90, 90 feet in the, the first the first five or six years under, under Coach Bayheim. Okay, you got it. We'll ask Danny. We've got Danny Shays coming up uh, at 1 o'clock. Your thoughts on that conversation, Seth, yeah. because I, I do think – you know, everybody makes a big deal of the there's there's no depth on the bench. I really think that the number one reason why they don't press more is that, well, it's it's kind of a two part thing. Number one, their strength is their two three zone, like that is their calling card. Yes. And so, you know, do you want to go down if you lose a game? Do you want to go down playing your strength, or do you want to go to your number two defense? So I think that's why we don't see it more often. That's that's part A. Part B is you give up a lot of easy baskets or a, a yep. number of easy baskets when you press. And then that make you know as a result you have to score more and and that is not this team strength is is yeah. scoring more so no, I I, th- I think it's those two things I couldn't agree with you more I, I I don't think I don't think it has anything to do with being tired because as Scooter pointed out you get TV timeouts I mean, it may have something to maybe, do with it but maybe I, I but think I, it's down the I list. think that's far down the list you look you've got TV timeouts every four minutes you've got coaches timeouts you you've got plenty of dead balls and, and time to to catch your breath grab a drink whatever it may be. I don't think that's why they don't press more. I think they don't press more because, one, it's not that great, right? Like, their press isn't that good. Um, and, two, it's it 
takes away from your strength, which is your 2-3 defense, and this team is very good defensively. Uh, very good. I mean, they held Boston College to 26 points in the second half last night, and after the first five minutes of the game, they really locked down on BC in the first half as well. So this team's half-court defense is very good, and when you put them in the press, you speed things up, and you make it harder to get back in that zone, and you make it harder to set that zone up. So I think it takes away from that, and, and the offensive thing that you pointed out, I don't think this team is good enough offensively, and it certainly isn't good enough offensively to beat a team that has good shooters like Kai Bowman, like Jerome Robinson, like Chapman. They can't get into a shootout, right? And so if you're going to speed the game up and you're going to give the other team extra possessions, you better hope that they're not draining threes because I don't think this team on a regular basis can answer that. They did last night. They were able to do it last night. O'Shea Brissett hit a couple threes. Frank hit a couple threes. Tyus hit a couple threes. You got enough. Um, But I I don't think on a regular basis that they can get into three-point shootouts with teams because it it won't work, right? They they just don't have enough three-point shooters. Our good friend uh, Mike Waters just texted me. He brings up a good point as well. Uh, He said press equals fouls. And with battle and... Howard, especially you know at the top of the press and, and scrambling and running around, you might pick up a, a cheap foul or two, and you well, certainly did. don't want those guys in foul trouble. And, and they did last night. O'Shea picked up a couple cheap fouls. Ty's picked up a couple cheap fouls late. Like you can't afford to lose a- anybody, and, and that's I think. Look, I think that's where depth comes in more so than just like oh they're running ninety five feet every possession and they're tired. Like I, I think that the depth would come in more to play with with what Mike t- said to you. If you're going to play the press and you're going to speed up and you're going to have more possessions defensively, there's more opportunities for fouling. And if you're going to press and you're going to be close and play physical, there's more opportunities for fouling. Then you have to reach into your depth, right? Then you have to go to Howard Washington. You have to go to Marek Dolzhai. You have to go to Barama Sidibe. And guess what? After that, you have nothing left. Like, that's it. Those are your eight, and if you run too much and you create too many possessions and you get too close on defense where you're committing ticky-tack fouls, then you're going to get into trouble depth-wise. I don't think the depth thing is an issue like stamina-wise. You've got breaks. You've got plenty of time to take a break, grab a drink, do whatever you have to do to catch your breath. I think the depth thing is an issue fouls-wise. Because we saw it a little bit last night, right? Like, if if that game went another five minutes, like, they probably would have been in trouble even though they were up 18 points. All right, uh, keep those phone calls coming. we got to get back on time here. Phone lines remain open at 315-437-7644. We're continuing to talk Hughes basketball. Danny Shea's set to join us at the top of the hour. Phone lines remain open. Until then, we're back after this on ESPN Radio.